Hey everyone, you're listening to God's Whole Story, a podcast of Worship Center. We know just how hard it is to read God's Word and understand it, so we decided to read the Bible chronologically this year and talk about it together. Thanks so much for joining us. Hey everyone, welcome to God's Whole Story. My name is Ryan. I'm here today with Chelsea and Betsy. Hello. Hey. Uh, and we are... <laughs> hey. Hey. We're here. We're hey. Hey. Everybody. <laughs> Um, guys, we're in John 11, we're in Luke 17, a little bit. Um, what stuck out to you as we read over this thing? Yeah, for me, um, I think what some of, one of the things that stuck out to me is when Jesus, um, he could have, you know, healed Lazarus even before he died. Um, but he actually, um, just talks to, uh, Mary here and just says, no, it happened for the glory of God so that the son of God, um, will receive glory from this. And also when we read ahead on the Luke one, when it talks about the leprosy, it also mentions that, uh, where it says that has no one returned to give glory to God except this foreigner. So I just feel that, um, there's a, a posture, I guess, of thankfulness, um, that I guess no matter what, Thankful, not thankful. God, nothing goes to waste for God. Mm-hmm. Good, bad, like Lazarus could have died, stayed alive, whatever. It it didn't matter. Like all of it was going to be used for God's glory, because um, ultimately that's what it's about, you know, mm-hmm. for others to see. This is like a testimony that even when things don't happen, there is glory in that because in the process we are either healed, um, we are. God like comforts us or there's just like really beautiful things that happen in the midst of all of that, that is for God's glory for Mm -hmm. others to see. Yeah. So that's one of the things that I, yeah. Yeah. And as you were saying that, um, we talked about this before we started recording, but just Mm -hmm. the fact that Lazarus still suffered, like he still had this sickness, he suffered and he died. Mary and Martha still suffered in their grief over him. And, um, and they were still kind of questioning Jesus, just like, why did you let this? We know you could have done this. And I feel like we're kind of in the same spot sometimes. It's like, Jesus, I know you could have done this. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it takes faith and to, and it takes a heart posture of wanting God's glory. Like mm-hmm. that, like no matter what the suffering is, no matter what the situation is, that like the, the ultimate purpose is to bring glory to God, whether that's through us personally drawing close to him, whether that's through people drawing close to him because of the situation mm-hmm. or miraculous healings or whatever happens, like mm-hmm. um, to have that heart posture of whatever we go through, I hope that it just brings God glory mm-hmm. um, is super important. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Something that sticks out to me along that note mm-hmm. with this story is that Lazarus ultimately died again. And I know that that's like, <laughs> we don't always bring that up when we talk about this story, but it's like, well, Lazarus is still not walking around the earth somewhere. Like he died. Nobody's, <laughs> nobody's met him recently. Mm-hmm. Um, he died again. And that didn't mean that God didn't have power. Mm-hmm. And so I think that's a, applicable to us on a, on a much nearer level because there are still miraculous things occurring today. Mm-hmm. There are. And just because people get sick again, or because people have pain again, or because people ultimately die again, mm-hmm. doesn't mean that God doesn't have power. Mm-hmm. That's one of the things that I've heard is like, well, yeah, they said they got healed, but did you hear they went deaf again? It's like, mm-hmm. okay, like Lazarus died again. It doesn't mean that God didn't have power in that situation. Are you kidding me? Mm-hmm. Um, so it's just important to recognize that ultimately, like, yeah, God is, God is doing these things for his glory, mm-hmm. not for our gain. 
Sometimes we gain from him getting glory. Mm-hmm. Um, but the end is always his glory. It wasn't that Lazarus went on to be a rich, eternally living person <laughs> yeah. that amassed a fortune and built an empire. <laughs> yeah, <right. laughs> um, yeah. yeah one, of, one of the favorite things that I have in this story, and this actually, um, this came out yesterday. We're kind of tying up this Lazarus story now. Um, but one of the things that Jesus happens, and this gets my attention, is that as Jesus is going through the process of bringing Lazarus back from the dead, you can see in verse 33, it's John eleven thirty three, when Jesus saw her weeping and saw the other people wailing with her, a deep anger welled up within him and he was deeply troubled. Where have you put him? He asked them. Um, so Jesus was not surprised. You know, like he was not knocked off his feet like, oh my goodness, he died. What? Mm-hmm. Um, so he's not upset about that. Um, he's not surprised by the fact that these people are sad that mm-hmm. a death occurred. So he's not upset about that. So what is Jesus upset about? Um, one of the things that I've heard, and I think is very convincing is that Jesus is actually upset that we deal with death and hurt and pain in the first place. Uh, and I love this because we, we were not designed to wrestle with these types of issues. We were made to enjoy relationship with God mm-hmm. forever. Um, without pain and sorrow and grief and suffering. And so Jesus knows that. He knows that we are his loved creation and we were made to live in a world that isn't isn't marked by this curse. Mm -hmm. Um, And so when Jesus interacts on a very personal level with death and suffering, he's actually furious. And I think the actual Greek, the Greek word that's used is like very um, distinct and carries a lot of connotations of like deep, anger and frustration. Mm -hmm. And so he's not upset because his friend died. He's upset that people die, period. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I love that because anybody that's, anybody that's dealt with death, it's very difficult to go through. It's very painful. The grief keeps coming up like long after the death occurs. Mm -hmm. And me seeing Jesus interact with death this way assures me that we were never meant for this in the first place. Mm -hmm. And the fact that we wrestle with it and deal with it actually pains God's heart. Mm-hmm. And we see that on Jesus' face in this story. Mm-hmm. Um, ultimately, this all goes away. This is Revelation 21, 4. Uh, he will wipe away every tear from their eyes, and death shall be no more. Neither shall there be mourning, nor crying, nor pain mm-hmm. anymore, for the former things have passed away. Guys, we were not made for this, yeah. and ultimately, we will not eternally deal with this. Mm-hmm. Um, we follow God as our Father. We are created uh, by Him. And he loves us and he cares about us. And we look forward to a day when we do not experience death and suffering and pain. That doesn't make us foolish. It makes us faithful. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So that that is one of my favorite things about the Lazarus story. And I hope, I hope if you, you know, if you're going through a loss or if you recently, you know, maybe you're dealing with a lot of grief and pain, uh, I hope that strikes you uh, as mm-hmm. something that's meaningful in this moment because it, it is to me. Yeah, yeah. definitely. That's so good. Um, and then we, we go on from there and then, uh, the religious leaders and the Pharisees and the high priest Caiaphas, uh, start plotting Jesus' death and Caiaphas prophesies without knowing it, Caiaphas is the which best. is, <laughs> which is kind of funny, um, <laughs> that Jesus would die for the whole nation and that he would bring other nations to him as well. Um, he meant it to be like, don't you understand? Like if we just kill this one person, like we're saving people mean like, I don't know. It like blows my mind how like it can go both ways. You know what's funny I about love it. poor Caiaphas? Um, they actually discovered Caiaphas's uh, bones like not that long ago, like in recent history. 
And for a, for for a long time, spooky. For, for a long time, people were able to say that the gospels weren't true because there's no such thing as Caiaphas. And so here here in the gospels, we have Caiaphas accidentally pro- proclaiming the truth of Jesus. Mm-hmm. And actually, archaeology uses Caiaphas to prove the re- existence of Jesus. Oh, yeah. um, because they for a long time they said there is no Caiaphas. We've never seen any evidence of any high priest ever named Caiaphas. Um, and so when they when they found this ossuary, it's like a tomb. When they found the ossuary with his bones, it actually is inscribed on the ossuary. These are the bones of Caiaphas, the high priest in the time of Pilate. So it's like a done deal. Like he is real. And this brings credence to the gospels that they are real. And so poor Caiaphas is just declaring the truth of the gospel over and over and over again, (laughs) even in his bone box. (laughs) See, nothing goes to waste. Yeah. Nothing goes to waste. Not even the bones. Not Caiaphas' bones. Um, So this plotting of Jesus' death is kind of a marker. It's a turning point for, like, Lazarus raised from the dead, this plotting of Jesus' death. We're now moving into, like, what's going to be Jesus' like last few I don't know how long it is, but chronologically, but months we're getting close on Earth mm-hmm. here until he mm-hmm. um, is crucified. Um, so it's interesting we're heading into that. You will soon. you will actually notice the cadence of it. the The statements in the Gospels about people plotting to kill Jesus they increase in intensity mm-hmm. as we get closer. Um, and just to add on, this is extra credit again. Um, <laughs> not only do they want to kill Jesus, they want to kill Lazarus, and so. Um, people who are antagonists towards Christ are also antagonistic towards lives changed by Christ. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's, it's, I don't, I feel like we don't talk a lot about the murder plot to kill Lazarus. Poor guy. People just want to kill him left and right. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it's, it's interesting that a life changed by Christ is a powerful, powerful testimony. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and you have that testimony. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Guys, thank you so much for joining us today for God's whole story. And we'll be back tomorrow. Bye. See ya. John eleven thirty eight, Jesus was still angry as he arrived at the tomb, a cave with a stone rolled across its entrance. Roll the stone aside, Jesus told them. But Martha, the dead man's sister, protested, Lord, he has been dead for four days. The smell will be terrible. Jesus responded, didn't I tell you that you would see God's glory if you believe? So they rolled the stone aside. Then Jesus looked up to heaven and said, Father, thank you for hearing me. You always hear me. But I said it out loud for the sake of all the people standing here, so that they will believe you sent me. Then Jesus shouted, Lazarus, come out. And the dead man came out with his hands and feet bound in grave cloths, his face wrapped in a headcloth. Jesus told them, unwrap him and let him go. Many of the people who were with Mary believed in Jesus when they saw this happen. But some went to the Pharisees and told what Jesus had done. Then the leading priests and Pharisees called the high council together. What are we going to do? They asked each other. This man certainly performs many miraculous signs. If we allow him to go on like this, soon everyone will believe in him. Then the Roman army will come and destroy both our temple and our nation. Caiaphas, who was the high priest at the time, said, You don't know what you're talking about. You don't realize that it's better for you that one man should die for the people than for the whole nation to be destroyed. He did not say this on his own. As high priest that time, he was led to prophesy that Jesus would die for the entire nation. And not only for that nation, but to bring together and unite all the children of God scattered around the world. So from that time on, the Jewish leaders began to plot Jesus' death. As a result, Jesus stopped his public ministry among the people and left Jerusalem. He went to a place near the wilderness, to the village of Ephraim, and stayed there with his disciples. 
It was now almost time for the Jewish Passover celebration, and many people from all over the country arrived in Jerusalem several days early so they could go through the purification ceremony before Passover began. They kept looking for Jesus, but as they stood around in the temple, they said to each other, What do you think? He won't come for Passover, will he? Meanwhile, the leading priests and Pharisees had publicly ordered that anyone seeing Jesus must report it immediately so they could arrest him. Luke 17.11 As Jesus continued on toward Jerusalem, he reached the border between Galilee and Samaria. As he entered the village there, ten men with leprosy stood at the distance, crying out, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. He looked at them and said, Go show yourselves to the priests. And as they went, they were cleansed of their leprosy. One of them, when he saw he was healed, came back to Jesus, shouting, Praise God! He fell to the ground at Jesus' feet, thanking him for what he had done. This man was a Samaritan. Jesus asked, Didn't I heal ten men? Where are the other nine? Has no one returned to give glory to God except this foreigner? And Jesus said to the man, Stand up and go. Your faith has healed you. One day the Pharisees asked Jesus, When, the kingdom of God, when will the kingdom of God come? Jesus replied, The kingdom of God can't be detected by visible signs. You won't be able to say, here it is, or it's over there, for the kingdom of God is already among you. Then he said to his disciples, The time is coming when you will long to see the day when the Son of Man returns, but you won't see it. People will tell you, look, there is the Son of Man, or here he is, but don't go out and follow them. For as the lightning flashes and light up the sky from one end to the other, so it will be on the day when the Son of Man comes. But first the Son of Man must suffer terribly and be rejected by this generation. When the Son of Man returns, it will be like it was in Noah's day. In those days, the people enjoyed banquets and parties and weddings right up to the time Noah entered the boat, and the flood came and destroyed them all. And the world will be as it was in the days of Lot. People went about their daily business, eating and drinking, buying and selling, farming and building, until the morning Lot left Sodom. Then fire and burning sulfur rained down from heaven and destroyed them all. Yes, it will be business as usual, right up to the day when the Son of Man is revealed. On that day, a person out on the deck of a roof must not go down into the house to pack. A person out in the field must not return home. Remember what happened to Lot's wife. If you cling to your life, you'll lose it. If you let your life go, you'll save it. That night, two people will be asleep in one bed. One will be taken and the other left. Two women will be grinding flour together at the mill. One will be taken and the other left. Where, when will, where will this happen, Lord? The disciples asked. Jesus replied, Just as the gathering of vultures shows there is a carcass nearby, so these signs indicate that the end is near. One day Jesus told his disciples a story to show that they would always pray and never give up. There was a judge in a certain city, he said, who neither feared God nor cared about people. A widow of that city came repeatedly, saying, Give me justice in this dispute with my enemy. The judge ignored her for a while, but finally he said to himself, I don't fear God or care about people. But this woman is driving me crazy. I'm going to see that she gets justice because she is wearing me out with her constant requests. Then the Lord said, Learn a lesson from the unjust judge. Even he rendered a just decision in the end. So don't you think God will surely give justice to his chosen people who cry out to him day and night? Will he keep putting them off? I tell you, he will grant justice to them quickly. But when the Son of Man returns, how many will he find on the earth who have faith?
Hey guys, this is Ryan, and I hope you are getting a lot out of God's whole story. Uh, it means a lot to us, even as we are reading through God's Word every single day in the order that it happened. Um, if you want to go ahead and follow us, you can find us on Instagram and Facebook at God's Whole Story Podcast. Uh, we would love it if you would share this thing with your friends or people that you know, or just share what's sticking out to you. Uh, you can either send us a DM, or you could actually email us at podcasts at worshipcenter.org. You can email us if you have any questions, if something stuck out to you, if you'd like us to pray for you. And if you want a Bible, if you don't have one right now, or if you want a copy of the one that we're using to go through God's whole story, we'd be happy to send that to you. So go ahead and reach out to us in any way that you'd like. We'd love to hear from you. Have a great day.